Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Facing the simple fact that there's a lot of hype around what is currently happening with Brex. So today within this episode, I'm going to break down why I personally think Brex is going to fail, why I think there's something going on within within the United States and with the media of having like this fear mentality that it's all going to collapse, almost like a chicken little approach. And then I'm going to break down why, um, you know, why the United States will be fine, even if Brex gets tries to do this whole thing with the dollar. So I'm going to break into it. So let's get into it. So I'm sure everyone who's listening to this podcast, if not, if you're listening for the first time, I'm going to talk a little bit about Brex, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, which is a coalition of countries that are really trying to undermine the U.S. dollar and potentially create their own form of currency. Um, Looking within these countries, Russia has kind of suggested that why don't they come together and create a potential currency for the next summit meeting happening in 2023 within this August. So this August, they'll come together and start to talk about the potential needs of using that, possibly allowing Saudi Arabia now in it, and in these countries coming together and pushing out the petrodollar, and people are talking a lot about using the yuan as a means to do that. And I think that whenever you hear all of that, um, it's really easy to allow confirmation bias to take over and be like, oh yeah, you know, this is the end of the U.S. dollar, this is the end of all these trends that are happening. And I think what we really have to look at, first of all, when understanding what happens when the U.S. dollar is challenged, is really focusing on what happened with um, the euro. If we think about the euro, kind of going back to about early 2000s, there was a lot of hype around it, and how the euro could potentially take over the dollar, and we really started to see that the euro was getting a lot of momentum, and then potentially it kind of fell apart. And it fell apart for a lot of reasons. And it's fell apart because if you can think about it, each country has a different amount of wealth. Whenever they come together and try to create a central currency, what happens is it actually devalues other countries' currencies. So it's like if you were working with a lot of people and you guys were changing and using different credit cards or using different bank accounts, each bank account may have different types of money and it creates a situation where each one is not equal. That's why it's so easy for a country to have its own currency. All right. And we know that, you know, the U.S. dollar kind of has been created as as the central currency within trade, 40 percent of trade. A lot of it has to do with the simple fact, too, that it's side of the petrol dollar, which happened in the deal in the 1970s with Saudi Arabia. And what it does is it bolsters the United States to have kind of an economic leverage power over the world creating sanctions, for example, sanctions with Russia, how the dollars use and it devalues sometimes their currencies whenever they're using it. This is a system that's really been created for a long period of time, and the euro tried to challenge it, and it failed. And it failed for a lot of reasons. So whenever we just use the euro for one example, okay, and we put that lens on understanding Brex, let's break down the countries that are currently trying to take over the dollar first of all we have brazil and if we look at brazil as an economic like power yeah in the early 2000s they were doing really well and potentially maybe you know there's a lot of thought maybe are they going to surpass the united states but they didn't they did had a lot of failed investments 
and potentially one of the biggest corruption scandals of all time, which allowed for $2 billion to be lost. And right now, as a result of it, the Rush, uh, Brazilians are really trying to develop their own identity. And they have like a, you know, the president they brought on is a lot like Trump. They're trying to develop these ideologies. And within that, it's creating a lot of problems within Brazil. So number one, Brazil isn't like a sustainable economy and there's a lot of problems. Next, we have Russia. I mean, where do you even begin? The U.S. sanctions really affected them. They've done a lot of isolationism right now. You know, the, everything going on with the war Ukraine and you know, they do have potential aspects of oil, uranium, things like that, that they can potentially sell or lithium. Um, but what's really happening with Russia is they're kind of isolated themselves and they don't have a strong like GDP. They don't have a lot of strong currency, you know, and I think that Russia in itself with the birth rate happening the way it is, you know, it could potentially really see a completely a complete decrease. And a lot of these countries are facing a lot of issues with birth rate and economy. It's like you can't expect Russia to maintain and sustain an economy, you know, whenever they don't even have people there to do the work and do the jobs. It's like this is a, like this is the thing they have to worry about. And it's like you have Putin kind of coming in and strong arming it. And as a result of it, you know, Russia during the Soviet Union kind of um, cannibalized itself, cannibalized its economy. And the only thing that really worked with like strong aspects was a secret police and Putin has taken that on and now they're trying to implement it and do different things. And, you know, Russia needs Brex more than Brex needs Russia because a lot of countries aren't interacting and trading with them as a result of Ukraine and, and, and going there with the, um, everything that happened seven years ago with Crimea. So I think Russia in itself, not sustainable. Next we have India. India probably has the most sustainability of all these countries. It's really isolated and I think, you know, potentially it's the only one of these countries that have a democracy. Actually, you could call it one of the biggest democracies in the world because of the populations. And whenever we look at each one of these countries' relations, we look at India, we understand that, yeah, they have some growth. They do have this horrible caste system that's taken place for over 5,000 years, and that could potentially contribute to a lot of problems for economic growth where you had the majority having a lot of money. Then you have the middle class becoming more educated, and that could kind of create a lot of problems maybe they haven't seen ever. Um, but India has done a good job. They're kind of maintaining themselves. They're isolationists in a way. And the problem right now with India is if you look at all the other countries surrounding India, they all have strategic relations with China. So this has kind of stunted those aspects of growth, and India has really started to build more internally. And they are a big trading partner with the partner with the United States. It's like India does do a lot of selling and we back India because it's one of the biggest democracies. So there's a lot of things there from a strategic power aspect. So if we analyze India, we have to understand the India-China relation. And this relationship is horrible. I mean, they have fought small wars within, um, they fought a lot of skirmishes with India in, in China, you know, killing hundreds of people. And this has been going on forever. So in uh, India and China relations are not good, and China is currently also trying to dam an actual river above India that could impact their water. So I don't ever see China and India really coming together, you know, to establish a central currency for all of them to use. I mean, that would be insane um, because it's like you're going to have both these countries use the same currency. If we use the model of the euro, it's just going to be absolute crazy, okay? Next, we have China, and China in themselves 
is facing a lot of problems. They saw economic growth. You know, they used to build everything, used to make everything, right? We're seeing a transition where things now are being made in different countries for cheaper within the United States, which is once again one of the number one consumers of products, right? And they have the best buying power because of the dollar. And if you look at what's going to happen with China over the next 25 years, think about this. The largest growth population within China is 30. They're not having kids. They can't even afford houses. As a result of not affording houses, their bodies can't continuously maintain to work these 12-hour days sitting in sweatshops and contributing from there. We look at what happened with the zero COVID policies, having some of the biggest riots we've ever seen as a result of Tian, um, going back to Tiananmen Square. And we have all these these social political issues happening. They're trying to push the One Belt, One Road initiative they're trying to drive the economy through building, but everything is inflated. We have to understand that the One Belt, One Road initiative is an attempt for the Chinese government to maintain their economy because so much of their economy was doing with building. Then we look at the simple fact, too, that they're taking out foreign education. So you're having limited education within China, and that's a big thing. You know, when I was a teacher in China, a lot of people were going from the United States back and forth and getting foreign education if we look at the chinese education system it's not very good it doesn't allow critical thinking i was a teacher there i should know they read from books text there's no real thought driving this generation um so i think that's another contributing factor that could add to the downgrade so we also have to understand that china in itself is a they're transitioning into a totalitarian country in my opinion with xi jinping kind of coming in with this authoritative rule and we see it too with yuan. It's like billionaires can't even take out full currency of money because it'll drive the market down. So the yuan in itself is so controlled by the Chinese government. How are they going to be able to use that when even in Saudi Arabia or Russia talking about maybe using it for potential dollars? It's like that currency is controlled by the Chinese government. They print it out nonstop and there's no real indicators of what could happen. And some people say if you follow the model for what happened with Japan, Whenever they're producing a lot of tech, they were doing really well with their economy. Their economy actually failed because they were producing so much money and they had a housing crisis problem that's similar to China right now. Birth orders never restored and their economy hasn't went up an inch within the last 30 years. So, And people use that model to compare the United States and England. So it's not just, it's, it's a school of thought. So China in itself isn't like, people think it's a superpower, but I've told people for a long time, you're in a neighborhood, you look at the Chinese house, maybe on the outside it looks amazing, but inside it's not even fully finished and like the lights falling off. It's like China is going to face a big issue with birth order, um, human rights issues, you know, and if they can't get it together, we're going to see more problems and they're becoming more of a risk economy. It's like when Brex was created, there was more projection of a stronger economy when, you know, and that was back in 2008, and you have Xi Jinping coming in here and kind of having authoritarian rule within China, and it looks like it creates more economic risk for countries because they don't know what the government's going to do. Now you have this anti-Western campaign. You have you know the concept of war happening, maybe the United States war happening with India. They're driving these kind of narratives, and it's just not good for business. And next we have South Africa, and we all know South Africa is a mess. It's like if you look at the social political aspects of South Africa, what are they doing? It's like, you know, you can break it down that the civil war, there's so much corruption and there's it's probably one of the most 
crime-filled ridden countries. And they thought that maybe bringing them in would kind of help having a central located, not central located, but some type of country within Africa. But once again, it's like breaking down these countries and understanding them from a fundamental standpoint is they're using a totalitarian system besides India, you know, like really trying to push government authoritative rule to drive these economies. And some people, you know, are arguing like if Brex had a dollar, they could maybe it'd be better for the economy as a whole. But let's say that happened. What would happen in the United States is actually would drive up manufacturing and it would help a lot of countries do better. Because if they're using different dollars in different countries and coming back to the United States, it could have more value. And it also probably would drive manufacturing in the United States because how many people want to buy a cheap something from China when they maybe they could buy something that's better well manufactured within the United States? So we can look at the GDP going up of all these countries, but in a lot of ways, it doesn't look like these economies are going to be sustainable. It's like China's doing a lot of stuff from an economic standpoint that is looking very, very risky, and the government is bolstering and, and holding up yuan in order to create value it's like they they would do anything from an authoritarian standpoint to make sure the economy keeps going so how could that hold other economies how could all of these countries come together have the same ideologies okay if we look even at europe for the euro it's like the european countries are close in ideology they're close in geography you know they're probably the closest thing ever of all countries coming together and creating centralized currency and they couldn't do it Right. So how is Russia, India and China, how is India and China going to create a currency for both of them to use when they don't even get along right now? It's like China. Why would why would India do that from a strategic standpoint? It makes no sense. They're, they're fine on their own. They're going to maintain a strong economy and they're going to continuously grow because they do have a lot of ability to drive idea. The government isn't coming in and doing this crazy authoritative thing on the, on their their currency and not controlling it. I mean, could you imagine being in a country saying you have a billion dollars in the bank account and the government won't even let you take that money out? You know, and if we look at everything, the only dollar that's ever been higher than any dollars within this situation from a U.S. standpoint is understanding the Singaporean economy. The Singaporean um, dollar, I don't even know what you call it, is actually the high, one that's ever compared over to the United States. So these countries do not have the birth rate order, all right, they don't have the ability to maintain economy, and there's a lot of risks for them taking this on and using it, even to trade it in oil. It's like, and if and if Russia shorts the United States, or if China shorts the United States, there's $3 billion worth of trade that happened in the United States more that would devalue what's happening with China and the United States. So strategically, you know, obviously they're trying to get away from the fact the United States has power over sanctions, but you're looking at a potential cluster of economy. And I think I just don't think they can meet in August and try to come together because Russia's wanting to do it because they want to get rid of sanctions. But is it really going to happen? I mean, I have a hard time believing all these countries can get there together in order to create it. So that's my thought. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.